I'm Dr. G, and for the past 10 years of my life, I've been passionate about all things holistic healing. I've been committed to healing myself and others from the inside out by incorporating some of the most effective modalities for healing the mental, the emotional, and the physical. I've learned that they give us the opportunity to be our most authentic and powerful selves. Heal Thyself is a show dedicated to just that. Today's show is going to be incredible, and I say it every week, of course I do, because it is incredible. Knowledge bombs of digestible information to empower and create clarity on what the highest version of us looks like. Product reviews to provide informed consent so you can buy the safest and best products out there. Better than the first two that I spoke about, and you're getting other B vitamins, which are energizing, right? Get off of it. Throw it away. And special guest segments with some of the brightest and most elite minds in their field. So what is that like on my nervous system? Six hours of holding that emotion. Here's the earth. Here's the mechanisms and mechanics of an earth when it breathes. We would think much different about that asthma patient that shows up. All to create change in all the parts that make you, you, so we can start healing ourselves and each other. Welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you, as always, for taking the time out of your day and spending it with us on the show. And uh, so much to uh, really, really put out there today. Good information, really good stuff. Um, as you know, we are always, and I'm doing my best here to give you the free information, the best you can do with the least amount of money, with the biggest bang for your buck. And one of those things is getting back into your body. So I'm going to tell you guys a little story that I went through uh, just yesterday and uh, learning how to get back in my body and the importance of it and what it means, right? And how we can all access that. So there's a little technique that I want to share with you. Also, we have a very special guest today, Lauren Mones, and she is a fermenting fairy and she is all things knowledge in fermented foods. And it's going to be really important this conversation because she's going to answer a lot of questions about some really, really important food groups in our life. Now, you know that I'm such a proponent of fermented foods, right? Because what they do to help restore, rebalance, and rejuvenate our gut, right? And we know that so much of our health comes from our gut. So Lauren is going to tell us all the lowdown in the industry and answer questions that I'm itching to know. Like, is kombucha healthy? Should we be drinking it? What is the industry looking like? How is it moving? Uh, are they using additives, substitutes? Our companies that are leading the push in fermented foods, what are they about, right? And where is the whole industry going? So it's really important because we need to know where we can source the best fermented foods and why we should be eating it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but really, really answer all these amazing questions. So uh, without further ado, let's get to this show. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, 
rosehip oils. And the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products. GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trophalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. All right. I want to open up and share a uh, story uh, of a uh, visit that I had yesterday. And uh, I went to these this awesome couple's place. They're called the Love Gurus, right? And I found them online. And I actually heard a lot of really, really good stuff about them. So I was super excited to meeting with them. And uh, we had a discovery call and the energy was there. The alignment was there. It felt good, right? If you want to really see if something is in alignment with you, see how you feel in your body before something happens, right? And then when the intervention happens, like a phone call, See how you feel after. And what I found was that I felt really good and rejuvenated. And I wanted to go because, as you know, and probably have deduced by now, I am always looking to expand and expand uh, in my physical health, mental, emotional, spiritual health, so I can serve humanity better. Uh, so I go to their house and I meet an amazing couple. And we sit down and we talk. We talk about my upbringing. We talk about my relationship with everything, my relationship with relationships, my relationship with love, my relationship with myself, um, my relationship with sex, relationship with family, friends, everything, right? And it was amazing. Like, it was, first of all, the setting was beautiful. They had, a, 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 like, the, for me, lighting is so important. I have to feel good when I'm ready to open up 
myself uh, and be vulnerable, right? So beautiful like setting, candles and Himalayan lamps. So I was already feeling good in my body to be open. But the reason I went there is because I'm looking to expand myself and uh, be deeper and show up better in love, right? And partnership. And I'm in, I am in partnership. So to show up in partnership, it's important for me to know myself better and obviously to love myself better so I can show up for another and love them, right? And know them and allow that deeper bond between us. So learning more about myself through conversation. And then, so that was the therapy session. We can say the talk therapy. And then the second part was the body work, which is the thing that I look most interested into all the time because the body work is where all of that stuff is, right? And immediately I'm laying down and, uh, and the, the, the female uh, of the two t- touches my stomach and she goes, you are so tense. And I started thinking to myself, I go, I don't feel that tense. And then I started coming into my body and she's like, okay, feel your whole body, right? Go from your head to your neck, to your chest to your stomach, to your hips, to your knees, to your feet, and feel if you're tense. And she goes, where do you feel tension? And then right when I was going to say it, she's like, here, right? And I go, yes, yes. How'd you know? And she's like, it's visible. You can see how much tension your body's holding. And then I go, okay, here too. And she's like, yeah. And then she's like, how about here? I go, yes, that's the most tension. So the whole point of this is that I want to tell people that maybe just maybe we hold in a lot more tension than we realized. And that's a problem. And here's why. Because when we're holding in tension, we're blocking so much. We're blocking everything. And as I was in this visit and actually learning how to connect to my body, which so many, so many of us, they were saying that Osho has this quote that 99.9% of people in the world have no idea how to connect to their body. I may be misquoting that, but that's what I remember. But regardless, connecting to your body is everything, right? Now, you may have seen me this week put up a bunch of stories on trauma. And so many people are like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And and the second day I I laid out some few steps and it, it involves getting quiet. But the way to release trauma, the way to move energy out of your body is to get out of your mind and into your body, which is which is crazy because we, we think so much as cerebral and logical beings, we want to define everything. And we are so good in humanity to define things and define concepts, right? We want to know why, where, what, how, so we can give it a name and then understand ourselves better. The irony though, is that the body doesn't care about definitions at all. The only thing the body cares about is homeostasis. The only thing the body cares about is coming back into balance. So when we are out of balance, it stands to believe then we have to surrender to the body so it can get back in balance, right? So I'm laying here and she's pointing out the tension that's in my body. And for the first time in a really, really long time, I fully surrendered and pay attention to my body. And I noticed exactly where I hold the tension. Now, the tension, I'll go back to what I was saying before. Tension is an incredible way to block you from everything, especially your own intuition. And, you know, so many of us really want to strengthen our intuition because that's our compass in life, right? You want to know where to go? Listen listen to your intuition. You want to know, know, know who to speak to, how to speak to them? Listen to your intuition. You want to know if something's true, whether it be 
with your family, with work, with your upbringing, with your whole story, with your whole life. If it's true, listen to your intuition. But the very thing that blocks intuition more than anything is tension, tension in our bodies. And when we can't come back into our bodies, then we're blocking ourselves from that deep, deep, deep understanding of intuition, that compass that is us. We also block ourselves from health, right? We don't allow health to flow from our bodies. Why? Because physiologically, when we're in tension, that means we're in sympathetic dominant mode. And if we're in sympathetic dominant mode, our nervous system is feeling unsafe. And if, you, if you're tense most of the time, like me, actually, then you're sympathetically dominant. Now, why is another reason, right? The body doesn't care about the why. It cares about moving that energy. But a lot of us are tense because of our environments, right? How we grew up or, or what school was like or uh, if, if we ever felt unsafe in our lives, right? It doesn't matter uh, the where, but the, ten, the, the byproduct or the product is tension in our body. So I actually challenge all of you right now while you're listening to lay down, find a place on a rug, lay some pillows down if you're in your bed, whatever it is, on your, on your couch and lie down. And with me, take a deep breath, right? In and out, right? And feel into your body. And notice, where is your tension? For me, it's in my shoulders, it's in my chest, it's in my stomach, and it's in my right leg. So as you're laying down, I want you to scan your body for tension, right? Start with the top of your head and feel if there's any tension on your scalp, then move to your face. And feel if any part of your face is holding tension, whether it be your eyebrows, a lot of people hold them in their cheeks, a lot of people hold them in their jaw. If you have it in your jaw, can you relax your jaw? All right, so many of us clench, and that is a surefire sign that we're in sympathetic mode. We are clenching, we are bracing. What about our neck? Oh my Lord, when we get a massage, we feel that tension, and so many of us hold tons and tons of tension on our neck. What about our shoulders? That's where I hold mine. Do we have it in our shoulders? When you're laying down, are your shoulders upright or are they flat on the mat or the couch or the bed or the floor, wherever you're laying? Are they flat? And what about your chest? For me, that's where I hold the most amount of tension, right? And if you do hold tension in your chest, that might just be you not wanting to open up your heart, right? And think about your posture. If you're protecting your chest, if you're protecting your heart, or have your posture back and expanding and exposing your heart, right? Think about that. There's different parts of the body that really map different parts of our emotions. And I'll do a whole show on that, I promise. But keep scanning. Go back to your stomach. Any tension on there, a lot of us hold tension in our stomach. Why? Because we're sucking in our stomachs all the time, right? We're walking around with our stomachs sucked in. We're shallow breathing in our chest. Of course, we're creating tightness in our fascia. Can you breathe? Can you even belly breathe? Or are you finding resistance? What about our hips? Tons of people have so much stress and trauma and tension on their hips. That's why when we see hip releases in medicine, people cry. So do you have it in your hips? How about your legs? Go down your legs. What about your calves? What about your feet? And find if you found tension in one or more places in your body, then it may be indicated for you to do this practice to get back into your body. And the reason, and we can all get up, I just was just a scan for us to understand if we're holding tension, 
in our body. And I guarantee nine out of 10 people who've listened to this is holding tension. Why? Because we don't make time for ourselves to get back in our body. The people who aren't holding tension are likely the people who have very strong body awareness. The people who are dancers, right? The people who are, are in fitness, the people who are doing yoga all the time, that's the type of people who have really good body awareness. Or you can be an outliner and you could just really know your body well. But people like me and a lot of us don't have that awareness around tension in our body. We don't fall and we don't highlight those subtleties when we know, okay, actually I was super open, right? No tension. And then now I'm at 10% tension. But it's that delicate subtlety to feel into so we know if we have tension in our body. So one thing, which I learned yesterday on the mat with these beautiful, amazing, kind-hearted people, the love gurus, they uh, taught me an amazing breath. And, and it's simply just breathing from the stomach, right? And not forcing it, right? Because I remember they're like, breathe from your stomach. I'm like, yes, I can breathe from my stomach. I've done breath work before. And I'm like aggressively breathing from my stomach and then breathing into my chest, but aggressively breathing into my chest. And they go, now release from your throat, right? Make a sound. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, and they go, okay. All right. Uh, less posturing and more just being. And I was like, being, okay. I, I guess I can come back to being. Uh, so I relaxed and I let the air flow, right? My stomach went up, the air was filling up and the air flowed into my chest, right? Naturally flowed. I didn't push it up. It naturally flowed into my chest. And all of a sudden my chest expanded, my heart expanded, my shoulders went down. And then I pushed that air out through my throat in the form of sound. If any of us were listening and we're carrying tension, which is a lot of you, I uh, highly suggest this practice that they taught me. And it's just to lay down and do that breath, naturally breathing into the stomach, bringing it into your chest, right? Naturally, not forcing it, stomach to chest, and then inviting it right out of your throat and coming out as a, <sighs> you'll notice, you only really need five to 10 of those and the tension is out of your body. Another amazing practice that they taught me is to put my hand on where I have tension. You know, your body communicates with you. Your body is more intelligent than any doctor out there, any physician, any scientist, anything. There is an elegant, exquisite intelligence to the body, which we in science will never understand because it's out of the consciousness of the human mind. But, but, we can communicate with our bodies. So when you're laying down, especially when you're quiet, put your hand on where your tension is and, and ask your body, what does it need right now in this moment? And the first thing that comes to your head, the first word that comes into your head is likely exactly what you need. Now, whether that's your body or subconscious talking to you or your body is your subconscious, regardless, if you honor that, more likely than not, you're gonna feel better and you're gonna feel better fast. So remember, the tension in your body is blocking you from your highest health physically. The tension in your body is blocking you from your deepest love emotionally. The tension in your body is blocking you from your intuition spiritually. So it stands to believe that if you carry tension, let's dedicate ourselves to five to 10 breaths like that and release that tension from our body because our very state after we release that tension is our default state, our God-given state, and we deserve to be there every single day. So try that out. I love you all. There's a knowledge bomb. We're going to get to this special guest segment. I can't wait to talk about 
fermenting foods. I know it's a shift, but it's a good shift because your gut health is so, so important. So let's get into this combo. All right, everyone, today's special guest, listen, I've been using these products and I remember two years ago, I had this beautiful coconut milky fermented drink and I was like, it caught my eye so fast and I tasted it and it was delicious and it was from the Fermenting Fairy. And then a few weeks later, I get a message from her in synchronicity and then she comes to the studio, Lauren, and drops it off. But today, finally, a few years later, we have her on the show to talk about all things fermented food. Lauren Mones is the fermented fairy and she is the fermenting queen. And you know how much I love fermenting foods for the gut, for overall health, for inflammation. It's something I do before every single meal. Thank you for joining us all the way from Florida. Thank you, Dr. G. It's such an honor to be here because I listen to your podcast all the time. So to be here as a guest is uh, wonderful. It's it's an honor. Actually, I don't think most of my guests ever listen to my podcast. I think you're the only one, so I'm excited to have, oh. to have you on here. It's a pleasure. No, we we both share in common a love for uh, the cold plunge. You just told me you have one, the same one that I have in your house. So you and I both love nature in many ways. And big part of nature is fermentation and fermented foods, something we evolved with for so long. How did you out of all of the careers in the world, get into the fermenting food industry? <laughs> well, it, I, it really wasn't my choice. It's, you know, I like to say it's my dharma. It's my path. You know, this is what I am here to do and here to offer the world. Because essentially, I was not looking to change my career. I was an occupational therapist. I was happy there and, you know, helping people of, of service. And then um, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. I got extremely sick. This was about seven years ago. And I healed myself. Once I dove in and I figured out what Crohn's really is, other than what I was told it is, which is an autoimmune disease, which I you know, disagree with, the, or at least the foundation of what an autoimmune disease is, gut dysbiosis and leaky gut. Once I figured that out and I dove headfirst into how to heal my gut and fermented foods were really crucial in that. And I started doing it at home and I fell in love with the process. I mean, not only was it healing my body, but spiritually, it completely changed my life um, because here's like a world that we can't see, we can't hear, we can't taste, we can't smell the microbial world. And yet here it is healing my body. And I, I spent my whole life trying to kill these organisms, you know, through washing hands with antibacterial soap, you know, Purell and, you know, Lysol and just thinking. Antibiotics. Oh my God, antibiotics, number one. And thinking that these things were deadly to my system. And again, here I am watching a jar of cabbage turn into sauerkraut. And when I eat that sauerkraut, I feel amazing. It's just like, it, it still is mind blowing to me, even, you know, four and a half years later. So, and I healed myself with, um, you know, naturally through my ferments. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm in full agreement that I think, I think fermented foods are, should be a staple of, of our day every single day. I mentioned to you in the beginning of the show is that I have a jar 
of kimchi and now the, the beautiful package that you sent me of all the goodies mm. in my refrigerator. And I'll, I'll take a spoonful. It's for me, it's like therapeutic. It's my supplement before meals. Mm, and I'll I take, I'll, I'll take a little bit of the fermented food, eat, and then I'll start preparing my food mm. and then I'll eat my meal. But at least I know I'm getting it two, three times a day. But there is a palpable difference between how my gut feels, whether it's because I do tend to be bloated and some heartburn versus when I do it versus when I don't. Mm. When I do it, it's like everything's calm. Mm. Even my nervous system is, it's beyond gut. It's like my nervous system is calm. I feel good in my body. Um, but for, for you, you were diagnosed with Crohn's. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Like how did it start for you? How did you know? What were your symptoms? How bad was it? And then where did fermented foods come in? Did you read an article? Did you he overhear a doctor saying it or a practitioner saying it? Mm. And then how did you take it upon yourself to go, I'm going to start fermenting my own food? <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I was in my mid-30s. And if you had looked at me from the outside, uh, you would have said, wow, she's like super healthy because I was racing triathlons um, several times a year at that point in my life. And I was waking up at 3 a.m. to ride my bike about 40 miles. And I would come home and work an eight-hour day as an occupational therapist. Wow. And I'd come home and I'd swim in the pool. And you know, I was fit, you know, and yet um, I was sick and I was, I, I've been fairly sick, like on and off my entire life, but mid thirties, it really hit me. And I started getting sicker and sicker. And, and what that looked like for me was mainly going to the bathroom with very watery diarrhea um, about 20 times a day. And mm -hmm. I would eat and immediately I was in the bathroom. So it was like rapid transit. The food that I ate was in the toilet bowl. There was nothing being absorbed. Wow. Nothing was being digested. So, you know, I was like, I got to the point where my heart was like leaping out of my chest from just walking five steps. I was severely malnourished. And um, the point, and I was... I was really resisting a colonoscopy for the longest time, but I was going to see Western and Eastern doctors and homeopaths and all that. And um, the point, the breaking point for me was I started having accidents. So I was, I would leave my house and, you know, five minutes later I was going to the bathroom in my pants, you know, and I had to travel with toilet paper. I had to travel with pants and underwear. It, it just consumed my life. I was, in my mid thirties, I was ready to be married to, you know, this man that previous relationship. So it was embarrassing, you know, to be pooping in my pants. I was incontinent. So that was the breaking point for me. And I went and I got a colonoscopy and sure enough, I was diagnosed with, uh, you know, IBD. Um, and I went home, I took medication. I was told by my doctor that Crohn's is incurable. I would have it for the rest of my life. I was also told that the medication I'd have to stay on for the rest of my life um, because I was so severely malnourished. I had lost a lot of weight. And yeah. I was told that just to go home, eat ice cream, bread, whatever you can get in your mouth and gain that weight back. And that food had nothing to do with the activity of the disease. 
Okay, so all of all of that I was told, and here I am going from racing triathlons to this information, and I just was like spun. You know, I just didn't even know like where my life had had gone. But it was interesting because when the doctor said just like go home and eat anything, food has nothing to do with the activity of the disease. That that really alerted me to a red flag, and I was awake enough and aware enough to say there's something wrong there. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience to prove that it's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in their process is rooted in health focused principles backed by solid scientific research based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open that I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me. I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle. Staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. 
The Momentous Creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. It trusts everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to fuel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. So... I, I went, I said, okay, what diet am I going to adopt now? Like what food is good for me? And so I went to Barnes and Nobles, the one in Santa Monica, it's no longer there, but uh, I went to Barnes and Nobles and started sifting through all the books, found, it's called The Paleo Approach by Sarah Ballantine. I don't know if you know it, but it's mm-hmm. huge, like maybe 600 page book skimming through it. Little paragraph says fermented foods. I mean, tiny, maybe five sentences fermented foods could be good for autoimmune disease. I said, all right, well, I'll just go to the health food store and get a jar of sauerkraut. Um, And I did. And I took my first bite and I had this like kundalini awakening. It was just this rush of energy surging through my body. And it just like woke me up. And I was like, what in the world was that? The next few days... I continued to consume sauerkraut, one or two tablespoons, and my stool started forming. And that's when I was like, oh my God, there is something to this. And so I started researching fermented foods and gut health and what really is Crohn's because it's not, why am I suppressing my immune system with these medications? It's actually not my immune system. It's doing its job. It's my gut. And that's why the fermented foods are really helping. So I decided to watch YouTube videos and read books on fermentation. And I decided to do my first uh, foray into sauerkraut. And I ended up throwing that out because I couldn't stomach eating something that's been rotting on my counter for eight days. Right, right. I threw it out, made it again, and I ended up eating it. And I fell in love with the process. And and that was it. I mean, that was like my obsession and infatuation with uh, gut health, my, microorganisms, fermentation. Yeah. I, love, I love to hear that is your dharma because you went through this process, right? That it's sort of like a hero's journey, heroine's journey, right? You went through this process where you were sick and down in the dumps and really, really hurting in many ways. And you brought yourself to a small paragraph in a 600 page book that led you to your purpose. Right. And, and I've had that before. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, I really need to be eating these foods because you feel your body become alive. Yeah. Sort of like, like a Kundalini, like you're like, there's an energetic spike just flows through you. And you're like, Whoa, 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 that felt really good. I need to eat more of this. And it's incredible how the body talks to you. It's like amongst a few bites, your body was like, please, more of this. And um, to think that you started, like, imagine I'm a doctor who doesn't recommend fermented foods. I I have the best medication, though, to suppress your immune system. And then you're telling me, your stools are forming. That has to be mind blowing, right? They're like, "What are you? What are you doing?" You're like, oh, "I'm just eating sauerkraut." <laughs> and they're like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Who told you to eat sauerkraut?" You know. And to hear your stools have been formed is so amazing. To just hear how the body works so beautifully. For someone like me, who's totally unfamiliar with this process, how do you take cabbage or 
or um, what is kimchi, kimchi's cabbage also, or anything fermented soy, how do you, what do you do? How does a process happen such that all of a sudden it becomes fermented? How long does it take? Does it vary with different foods? Just so we understand how that process looks. Mm, well, that's a loaded question, but I love it. So let's, let's try to tackle that. It really depends on what type of fermentation you're talking about. My favorite and what my products are, are anaerobic lacto-fermented fermentation. So um, also I like to call it wild fermentation, and that's going to play a role in our later discussion. But so basically you have, let's just go to sauerkraut because I think a lot of people can can connect to that. So what wild fermentation is or lacto-fermentation is you take a head of sauerkraut, I'm sorry, a head of cabbage that's been grown in hopefully organic regenerative soil that has trillions and trillions and trillions of microbes in the soil itself. The cabbage grows in that soil and the microbes um, enter the cell walls, the outside of it, the skin, um, everything. I mean, they're just everywhere. And so what I do is I take that head of cabbage that's organically grown and it already has microorganisms on it and I create a vessel that takes away oxygen. So it's an anaerobic process, no oxygen. So basically I put cabbage in a vessel with uh, either water or juices of the cabbage, a little bit of salt, put a cap on it. And eight days later, you're going to have sauerkraut. So that's called a lacto-fermentation or a wild fermentation because I'm not adding in bacteria or yeast or fungi. I'm letting nature do its thing. So what happens is all of those microbes that were on that head of cabbage, now they start eating away and chomping away at the sugars and the carbohydrates, and they start producing acids, and they start lowering the pH, and pretty soon that cabbage completely transforms, it's alchemy, completely transforms into sauerkraut, which is totally different than where we started initially. I, I just hearing this process is like amazing to me because that is alchemy. It's like nature transforming in some beautiful process where bacteria is working in conjunction with the ca with the cabbage, working in conjunction to produce, produce byproducts for us that help us. Yes. So, so to understand, you have this cabbage head of head of uh, cabbage that is in organic soil or soil that is exposing it to microbes, and then you're cutting off air, and those microbes. What is the point of cutting off the air? Uh, because they're, they're, the microbes um, are more anaerobic, so they don't like oxygen. So here's, a, here's another visual for you and, and your listeners. If you took that same head of cabbage and you just put it on the counter for eight days, what would happen to it? It would rot. Yeah, it would rot. Yeah. And that's because of oxygen. It would oxidize. So the, the um, microorganisms are lactic acid bacteria, most of them. They don't like oxygen. And so when they, they, when they proliferate and they go into the, you know, the, the billions and the trillions in numbers, that's because they're in a vessel that has no oxygen. That's, their, that's, that's what they grow in. Otherwise, they don't grow. It's just oxygen hits the, the product, the, the produce, and it starts to rot. Now, mm. when you talk about, 
let's say kombucha, we talk about kombucha, that's actually an aerobic. So it's an aerobic. So kombucha needs oxygen to ferment. So that's a different process. Kombucha. Okay. Okay. So the the completely different process. So different foods or fermented foods have different process, not all anaerobic. Right. Right, right, right. Exactly. That's why, you know, all of my products, I prefer a lacto um, anaerobic process. I just, I, I personally feel like it's a healthier kind of fermentation. Um, But yeah, different foods will have different processes. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned kombucha then. I want, I want to know all about this because this is the hottest product when it comes to the health industry, especially in the past few years. I mean, we were talking off air how when I was, I mean, maybe it was like 2014, I was at Whole Foods and I was like getting into this kombucha brand. And I was like, okay, yeah, I really like this flavor. I think it was Dr. Bruce. And I was like, I like this flavor. I like this flavor. But there wasn't really any other brands. It was like GT's Kombucha and Dr. Bruce and maybe the Synergy, a few of them. But I mm-hmm. tell you right now, I go to Whole Foods or over here in uh, Venice, Air One, Santa Monica, Air One. There's tons of kombucha brands now. And I was talking about my concern is the quality. It always happens when the quality gets diluted as the industry starts getting bigger. Am I right then that the quality is getting diluted? And if so, how? Is, is, is kombucha even healthy? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the quality, not only is it getting diluted, but it's been so interesting the last year to see kombucha changing right now because it's, you can't even call it traditional kombucha anymore. There are microorganisms that are being introduced to the three largest kombucha companies that shouldn't be in kombucha, that naturally aren't in kombucha. And so I'll, I'll explain a little bit about that. So you have, um, there's two industries happening right now, and this is really important to watch because pretty soon one is going to overtake the other. So you have the fermented food industry, and that's products like kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, you know, the stuff that you and I are talking about. Those are fermented foods. And like I described, they have to have some kind of alchemical process to them. So you have one form of food that changes into a completely different other form through microorganisms. That's fermented foods. Then now, recently in the last couple of years, you have the probiotic food industry. This is now overlapping the fermented food industry. What the probiotic food industry is now is it's your protein powder that is marketed as gut health, your protein bars, your chips that are gut health, your juices that are probiotic now, your everything, coffee is probiotic now. So you have this whole world of other foods that normally wouldn't be probiotic in nature, right? Protein powder, no. But now it is, and it's because of one single player, and that is bacillus coagulin. So bacillus coagulin is naturally formed, uh, is is naturally found in the microbiome of of the earth. It's a spore-based bacteria. Um it is extremely hardy. You can pasteurize it. You can boil, you can 
uh, high pressure. You can freeze it. It's going to survive everything. It survives high pH, low pH. And recently, a couple of years ago, it, so it's, it's, it's new to the food industry. It, was, it has been used in industrial products like paint. Now it's being used in food. And it's considered by the FDA to be a food additive. It's not even a microorganism anymore. It's a food additive. And um, a company called Ganadin a, a few years ago popularized it, took it to the lab and created it and basically uh, genetically modified it and patented it and made it very, very popular. And they have now been bought by the Carey Group, which is a biotech, huge biotech firm. So it's, we're talking big food and big pharma are now involved with this. Um, and it's bacillus coagulant. So they have patents on it. They, ha they have genetically modified this natural spore-based bacteria. And it is in everything. So everything that you and I buy that says gut health or probiotic, that's not a fermented food turn it around, look at the ingredients, and you'll see bacillus coagulant. And so why bring this up? Tying it back to the kombucha. Kombucha doesn't have, shouldn't have bacillus coagulant in it. But now if you look at the top three, Kavita, GTs, and HealthAid, they're all using it. They have it on their labels now. And I've been watching this. First it was Kavita, then it was HealthAid, now it's GT is doing it. And so what that's telling me, I don't know for sure, 100%, but what it's telling me is um, probably big food has gotten their nose stuck in it and they're most likely pasteurizing the kombucha and having this bacillus, bacillus coagulant either added back in or it remains. Um, but so it's not really even a traditional kombucha anymore. So you talk about watered down, I'm talking about a completely different product that we can't call kombucha. And it's using this laboratory derived, genetically modified, patented thing, you know, food additives. It's not even a microorganism. It's incredible to hear because so many people say, I drink kombucha because it's healthy. I drink kombucha because it's good for gut health. It's a prebiotic food. It's a fermented food. I read in this blog, I read in this book. And kombucha really has like, in many ways, spearheaded the popularity of fermenting foods. And as I mentioned, you see it in the, in the stores. But for me, to hear the really big brands, not surprising, but it's still interesting because when big industry gets involved, like you said, pasteurized. I mean, you mean to tell me all of the good microbes that serve our yeah. gut are killed and then they're, they're just adding on this, this very hardy, as you mentioned, microbe, but industrialized, uh, utilized for just popularity and really taking away. It's not kombucha, is it? Really, we kombucha is the product before it was. So, so for the um, bacillus coagulans, they um, that that bacteria is that found in fermented foods usually, or is this really alien to fermented foods in general? Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega threes. You know, I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements. 
right? We have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Pure's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Pure is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Pure.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Pure. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee, or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century-old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash drg they're so confident that you're going to love it there's even a 30-day money-back guarantee no code at checkout just go to p-i-q-u-e-l-i-f-e.com slash drg you're going to get 15 percent off plus all those freebies yeah that's a great question it's not i mean if you do a wild fermentation that is anaerobic, there's a possibility that you'll have some bacillus in it. Um, but it's not, it's not one of the main guys there. You know, you're going to have more lactobacillus. You're going to have some bifidum. You're going to have some saccharomycin. You're not really going to find bacillus in it, you know, in fermented foods. Um, and you most definitely won't find them in kombucha that uses a SCOBY, you know, a symbiotic community of bacteria and yeast, you won't find bacillus coagulant in it. And um, so, you know, this is, this is dangerous for several reasons, but one is that, you know, pretty soon, probably within the next couple of years, the whole fermented food industry is probably going to turn to the same processes, you know, using this bacillus coagulant, either because the FDA is making them, I don't know, or because it does extend the shelf life at least three years. You know, this thing is super hardy. 
Um, Extends shelf life, makes the process really easier. Uh, You can scale. You can scale a company really easily by just adding that in. Um, so it's it's more profit for companies. It's very attractive. But what's going to happen is pretty soon we're going to find that in all of our food and we're going to develop a monoculture in our gut, um, which is the absolute number one cause of disease is monoculture. The decrease of microbial diversity is the number one cause of disease. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man, I love I love this conversation because <laughs> I'm so passionate about about fermented foods because I know how they've helped me and more dramatically have helped you. Um, but many people, you know, I always tell my friends if you're not getting one to two servings a day, then you're missing this boat, right? Because when I was in practice and I was doing stool tests, I saw massive lacks in diversity for people mm. we were lacking. I mean, it was like you, you see the general population of healthy individuals with healthy stools and healthy diversity. And then it, it, it was just, it was just, where was it? It was depleted. And I was like, you guys, you don't even have this, this species or this species. And yeah. it's funny because when we start introducing fermented foods, you can do that stool test again in three to six months and it, the diversity just expands. It, like it's like a garden, just growing new species. And you're like, I didn't know I had that flower. Whoa, I didn't know I had that cabbage species growing. What's this flower doing? Yeah, and it's beautiful. But you're so right. You're so right because we we throw atomic bombs at the gut microbes, you know, mm-hmm. like in the form of antibiotics, and then we we get we're surprised when we have like very little diversity or or little species, and then you know disease happens. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I love the conversation about kombucha because a lot of people who are listening and viewing are going, I drink kombucha. What the heck? What's happening? So then the, naturally, are there brands? Okay, so how do we look for kombucha then? Do you, are there brands or like is there anything we look, look for in the back to know, okay, I'm going to avoid this product that shouldn't even be called kombucha and go back to the traditional kombucha or do we have to just make our own? How do we do it? Well, I mean, I, I, first and foremost, I advise against drinking kombucha. Um, I see a lot of issues with it, a lot of issues that outnumber the benefits. And to me, there's other fermented drinks that are more beneficial. So why risk it? One thing that is often not brought up with kombucha is the possibility of massive amounts of fluoride in kombucha. Um, because we don't think about where was the tea grown? First of all, where, where was the tea plant grown? Was it most likely commercial kombucha companies are not using very, very high quality tea leaves. They're using the cheap stuff. Even if it's organic, it's still cheap. Probably grown in China or India where, you know, the farming practices aren't, you know, uh, right. high standards. And who knows what kind of water they're using, um, so the tea leaves, you know, they, they hold the toxins in, their t- in the leaves. And so you go and you make tea and there's a possibility of heavy metals and fluorides in that. And then on top of that is when you look at a, a kombucha label, you see usually green tea or black tea. Okay. Or and even if it's organic, organic black tea. Okay. But in order to make tea, you need water. 
So tell me what kind of water source you're using to make that tea. And I don't really find that on labels. And that scares me because you could just be using tap water to make the tea. And, you know, you know better than anyone what's in that tap water, which is a ton of fluoride, neurotoxin and heavy metals and medicines and pharmaceuticals and plastics, everything. And, and the, um, the kombucha scoby is also more of a a bioabsorbent. It's, it, it sucks that in, you know, it sequesters heavy metals, it sequesters toxins. And so you're, you know, you're, you're exacerbating if there's any kind of fluoride or heavy metal, you're actually exacerbating it in the, in the kombucha fermentation process. That's, that's so. incredible to hear because we don't think about that. And, and the sugar. Usually it's really sugar. high amounts of sugar in these drinks. So then I'm, I'm thinking and I'm like, wait. And it's funny because you, some people won't catch this, but it'll be the serving size will be for half the bottle, half the yes. bottle. But most people just drink the whole bottle on their ride back from Whole Foods or something. But you see the serving size for half the bottle. It's like, oh, 12 grams of sugar. They're like, oh, it's not that bad thinking it's a whole bottle. But really, I think it's 24, 25 grams of sugar added on to make it taste good. But I never thought about the, yeah. the filtered, not unfiltered water used. And may, may, no company says filtered reverse osmosis water. No, they don't. Yeah, exactly. And I I try to urge everyone, any kind of packaged food you're buying, whether it's a bar or whatever, whatever you're buying that's in a package, um, look to see what the water source is. If it just says water, trust me, they're using tap water because we use filtered water. And I'm going to put that on my label because what does that do? That takes my product to the next level. You know, I'm spending money on my filtration. I'm going to let you know that, you know, as a consumer. For sure. If you're just using tap water, I mean, you're just going to list it as water. And I would just throw that out. And kombucha uses a lot of water because it's tea. So unlike other ferments that don't use a lot of water or don't use any water, kombucha uses a lot of water. So water source is key. And also air quality is key because kombucha is an open air vessel. I mean, you can put something on it to keep out like big particles, but it's, it needs oxygen. So air quality is really key. So what's in our air, you know, like what kind of pollutants are dropping in there? And, you know, so. it's, it's it, I'm, I'm over here thinking if I ever made kombucha, what I would use, I'd use like really high quality reverse osmosis water or filtered water. I'd have a big air filter in the lab or wherever it's being made. <laughs> and it, because, because really is kombucha, you're, you're right, like. there's benefits there, but there's so many costs. So to summarize, you were talking about the quality of the tea leaves. And for people listening and viewing, as a reminder, tea leaves soak up heavy metals. They're really good at it. Um, So soaking up of tea leaves, heavy metals and toxins, where is it coming from? If it's China and Indian, could be really big red flag. The water that's being used uh, you mentioned the 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 quality of the water can be really poor, as we know what's in tap water. I did a whole show on that. And then the air quality. Those are all costs. And then the benefit is just like it can help my gut versus really something where we can go with like a sauerkraut or, or a, a miso or a tempeh or something like that, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's be- that's and then, quality. yeah. It's, ahead, oh, sorry. yeah. There's much better quality. Um, to me, there's a hierarchy of fermented foods um, and kombucha is at the bottom rung, you know, because it's 
like, you know, okay, so it's better than soda. Like a lot of kombucha companies will say, well, you know, yeah, we have 20 grams per 16 ounce or 12 ounce of sugar, but Coke, you know, soda has 60 grams and orange juice has 30 grams of sugar. Right. And they try to compare it. And to me, it's like, okay, so, and I'm not bashing sugar. I think we do need some sugar on a daily basis, but there's people who drink kombucha every day. They drink two or three bottles every day. And then they're getting sugar from food. And it's just, you're not thinking that that kombucha is like your max for sugar for the day. And that's even yeah. overdoing it. So let, let, me let me tell you what happens to me when I drink uh, GT's kombucha or the Synergy or, yeah, Synergy one. GT is Synergy is the other one, right? Yeah. GT and Synergy. I haven't drank I think Synergy years. is... GTs, yeah. GT Synergy. There's the other one. The other pit really. Oh, there must be Kavita then. Okay. Every single time I drink kombucha, without fail, it activates my psoriasis and I'm itching. My elbows wow. are itching. My knees are itching. That day, I'm talking about like four hours later, every day. And I, I remember when I was younger, I used to... Uh, work part in school. I used to work part time at this like holistic pharmacy, and they they had like uh, a pharmacy on the side, but then they had like really cool supplements, and like they had a, in the back they had like a whole fridge full of kombucha, and I would grab some for lunch, and I I would drink it every you know three times a week. It took me so long to connect. Why the heck I would itch? I was I, I actually thought it was the the air of the, I thought there was mold in the, <laughs> the pharmacy before I thought it was a kombucha. Mm. So I would actually urge people, if you're drinking kombucha every single day, think if your body is changing for the worse, right? Because mm -hmm. we may not ever think, but it absolutely could be for the reasons we spoke about. So you mentioned the hierarchy. What are some of the best fermented foods that we can start incorporating then? Uh, to me, the very, very top is milk kefir. And that doesn't have to be dairy. It could be a plant-based milk kefir. Like mine is coconut milk. Um, there's other people who do a cashew or an almond milk kefir. But you're still using the milk kefir grains. So mm -hmm. just like a lot of people are familiar with the mushroom scoby of the kombucha. Kefir, milk kefir has its own scoby, but it looks like curd cheese. And that's a symbiotic community of bacteria and yeast as well. And so you can use that, those kefir grains in any kind of milk, whether it be dairy, goat, you know, um, or plant-based. That to me is the highest because it's got the most amount of diversity. It's got over 50 strains, you know, more or less. And there are some strains in there that actually take up residence in your gut. So they're not just transient where they hang out two or three days and make you feel good and then you poop them out. There are actually um, microorganisms in milk kefir that take up residence and they become part of your commensal bacteria. So um, that's really the most effective. And with my company, I see it just in the feedback that I've gotten over the last four years, like your kefir changed my life, your kefir, blah, 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 blah. So... Um, milk kefir is really the highest. And then you have the fermented veggies that I think are second. You know, you have the sauerkraut, um, the fermented daikon, the kimchi, um, mm. you know, anything that's vegetable oriented, fermented carrots, even pickles when they're lacto-fermented, um, super, super healthy and will impart, um, a lot of benefit on your, in your body. Mm. Um, mm. 
I would say going down, maybe some of the soy, like miso is super healthy. Um, water kefir, not so much. I'm finding that water kefir commercially made is going the same route as kombucha and it's just really diluted, full of sugar, just not all that healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, uh, and actually seeing water kefir was weird. I was like, what is this? I've never, I, I thought kefir was supposed to be like coconut milk or some sort of milk. And, um, it was interesting to see that. Okay. So yeah, thank you for that hierarchy. It gives us, it gives us some perspective. Um, I guess before we sign off, can you tell us a little bit about fermenting fairy? I know you use you use really uh, a high quality process, which you fully believe in, and is the is from what I'm understanding the best process to use. But um, what are some what do we have? What are some of the products that you have on on the on the SKUs? Because I I've I've gotten a bunch of goodies and and I haven't even opened some of them. I have yet to try the ginger or the caraway caraway seed one, which is like so intriguing to me. But tell us a little bit about the flavors because I want to urge everyone who's viewing and listening to go get some because I want you to get high quality fermented foods. And at this point, this is the best brand that I know. Mm, thank you so much. Um, that means a lot. Um, I would say two things that set my company apart than other companies. One is that we do a wild fermentation. We never, ever add a freeze-dried, lab-derived microorganism. So everything is from nature. And the other thing is I have taken, and these are all my own recipes that I've created. Um, I've taken very familiar foods like applesauce and lemonade, <clears throat> and I've turned them into a fermented product, which to me gives more of a vast number of people access to fermented foods. It's not so like, ugh, like sauerkraut. You know, a lot of people are way turned off to sauerkraut, but who doesn't love lemonade and applesauce, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so I created a fermented product out of that so that babies can have it and elders can have it and everywhere in between pregnant women can have it. So that really sets us apart. And the flavors, they're actually good and delicious. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. It's true. I, I attest to that. I had the um, applesauce yesterday after dinner. I had two scoops. It was like a little bit like my dessert. Um, it was really, really good. And I love that you mentioned babies because we can start giving this food early on and I, no baby's going to really chew on sauerkraut. But a baby can eat applesauce. And instead of having the mats you know, 18 grams of sugar, yep. poor quality sprayed apples. Now we have something with quality. So I love that you're doing that. Um, oh yeah, to, to pique our interest, any plans for the future? Um, any any expansion of anything? Are you writing a blog, writing a book? I'd love to know anything that, that we can get excited about. Um, so we just came out with a sourdough, uh, a kefir sourdough recipe, and it's a do-it-yourself kit. And that has been so phenomenal because um, this is bread that's 100% gluten that after the fermentation process, because of the kefir and the sourdough starter, um, is rendered nearly gluten-free. And I have wow. people who are celiac who are eating it. I have people who are, get severe reactions to gluten who are eating it. They're making their own bread with the kit that we give them. So that's been really, really fun. Um, I have plans on a lot more products. It, it, probably my next one is going to be a skincare, either like a lotion or a face, facial wash, um, which Love I'm that. excited about. Yeah. Love that. And my, my, my skin, my skin microbes are getting really excited over that. <laughs> 
I see them. <laughs> I know. We're getting really excited. And sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. And, and what else? Oh, I think just creating courses. I have no plans to write a book. I, I just, I don't have time. Um, but maybe like a course uh, on, on, you know, gut and maybe fermentation. But yeah, just really building my company. Oh, another thing that I would love to do that's in the works um, is creating a pet food uh, company like on the side of Fermenting Fairy mm. because I give my dog and my cats kefir every day and they love it. Um, and it's much needed for our animals. Like they're they're suffering as much as we are. Yes, yes, yes. I have, I've had like one of the biggest voices in pet medicine on here and I had a canine behavioralist and they are huge on I the quality of food. Yeah, and yeah. how we're, it's suffering. Our, our, our animals' guts are suffering. And that's a whole nother conversation. But it's, it's, I mean, like my girlfriend will bring her dog over and I'm like, pesticides, be careful. We have to have high quality food. We're going to clean your dog's snout. We're going to clean the feet. We're going to brush the dog. We're going to make sure that your dog is healthy as it's ever been. And, you know, we, mm. we all love our, our, our best friends. So thank you for, and I'd love to be in the loop of that. So just let me know how that turns out and um, in the skincare. Okay. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Dropping some fermenting bombs. Fermenting Fairy is the brand. Um, you'll see it on my story. And yeah, we'll link it. We'll link it on the on the show notes. But thank you so much from Florida. Lauren, I appreciate you. Thanks, Dr. G. Appreciate it. I'm very honored to be here with you. Thank you. I'm honored too. 